The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Finish Strong Friday presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sports book app and America's number one rated DFS app. How about the double dose we've got for you this weekend? You can place your bets at DraftKings. You can also play glorious, and I mean glorious, DFS. Cannot wait for this weekend. Divisional round, you guys already know, I'll be up in the low. Buffalo, Ravens, Bills, tomorrow night, Westwood One. Check out your boy if you get a chance. It's not, by the way, just a finish strong Friday. It is a winner's Friday. I want winners. I want people that want to win. So here's the deal. We love winners. We love people that want to win. We love people that go the extra mile for us. We like to reward them. People like our spread the word winner, Michael Brooks. It's the easiest contest I'm aware of, either at Ross Tucker Pod or at Ross Tucker NFL on any social media platform, any of them, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, you just engage in any way. It's a comment, it's a like, it's a retweet, it's a love, it's a quote tweet, I don't know. Quote tweets are probably my favorite, if we're being honest. But Michael Brooks retweeted the Fantasy Feast with Joe Dolan. So thank you, Michael Brooks. I noticed. Now, you just email me, ross at rostucker.com. Let me know if you want a signed picture, a signed football card, whatever you want. I am ready to give it to you, buddy. Signed press pass. I'll have Bill's Ravens from tomorrow night, which will be pretty sweet. Then we've got the sponsor confirmation email winner. You know, I'm sure this guy's won something before because he's an absolute rock star, and I love him, and that is Joel Swisher. Joel Swisher has been amazing. I see him on the YouTube page all the time, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I see him on social media. He comments on the YouTube page, but this time he just sent in an order from 100 Flowers. He got, I can't remember who, but he got somebody flowers 
for some reason, use the code football, which we love. Thank you very much, Joel. You're the sponsor confirmation email winner. Let me know what you want, bro. Let me know if you want a signed picture, football card, press pass. You got it. And then the YouTube shout out goes to Chrissy Skewer, S-C-U-O-R. I probably just skewered your last name, Chrissy. Get it? Chrissy Score. I'm going to say score. Just Chrissy Score. Anyway, she also, I think, hit me up not only on YouTube, but also on uh, social media saying she loves all the shows. Really nice. But she subscribed on YouTube and she went ahead and commented. That's all we ask. Absolutely love it. Thank you very much, Chrissy. No new patrons today. Remember, we're going to have a uh, Tuckheads happy hour soon. Real soon. So you're going to want to go ahead and become a patron if you haven't already. Patreon.com slash RT Media. How about this, by the way? We're going to change things up a little bit today. Trying to keep you guys on your toes. Trying to keep you guessing. Let's start with the Tux Takes. Tux Takes. All right, Ross. Well, let's start. First, in Jacksonville, Urban Meyer, your thoughts? Well, you know, I think we all saw it was trending this way yesterday. Um, I got a lot of thoughts on this, actually. A lot of thoughts. I mean, number one, I would say, Bri, I, I think he is going to about as good of a situation as you can possibly go to a very loyal, patient owner. He's going to a winnable division. He's going to have the number one pick, which means he's going to have Trevor Lawrence on a rookie contract for five years, at least four, whatever. You know what I mean? They've got oodles of draft picks, oodles of cap space. So he's going to a fantastic, fantastic situation. That's number one. Number two, the fact that they are hiring him before they hire the GM tells you that Urban Meyer is going to ultimately have that say, that power. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if they pair him with the interim GM right now, Trent Baalke. And while we're talking about that, Let's bring in a guy that's worked with Urban Meyer. How about this little surprise guest in the middle of Tuck's takes? I believe we have Brady Quinn. Brady, are you there? Ross, I'm here, brother. How are you doing this morning? Awesome. I appreciate the time. Perfect timing, man. I was just talking about Urban Meyer. So I want to start with this. Um, I guess just first thought would be your your reaction to the move for, from both Jacksonville's standpoint and Urban Meyer's standpoint? Well, you know, from working with him and knowing this opportunity was probably going to be there for him and kind of talking with him behind the scenes, there's a number of opportunities he had. And this was really the one that, you know, in my conversations with him, I felt like and told him I thought it was the best one if he was going to take one. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why. But when you have the opportunity to draft a transcendent player, I feel like in Trevor Lawrence, and I don't think that's hyperbole. I think he is that good. You really have to contemplate the opportunity that the fact they have another first round pick 
a lot of picks for that matter, draft capital, uh, salary cap space, and he knows the owner well. And I think that matters, especially with an owner that's been patient and understands that, you know, it may take a year or two, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of optimistic about what he's going to be able to do there uh, in part two. And this is maybe from the Jaguars perspective, why they should be so excited is, you know, talking with coach Meyer, he said something to me during the season I thought was interesting. He said, you know, you know, 10, 15 years ago, he goes, you kind of felt like the game was still college and it was still the NFL. And there's a, a difference between the two. He goes, it's become a lot more blurred. And with the name and image and likeliness, you know, bills and potential pay for play coming up in the future, he said college football is almost operating at times as an NFL model. So, I mean, I think he's going to be prepared for this because he's essentially ran Ohio State as an NFL factory during his time there. And his perspective from now being out for two years and his conversations with Jimmy Johnson or conversations with some of the others within the league, I think have boded well for him to be prepared for this moment, this opportunity. What, uh, what did you learn about him working with him? You know, what, what, what did you say is maybe different than the perception or what did you learn about him just having that time together? Elite communicator. He knows. And I think one of the, the keys to being a successful leader, just having success in general is being able to communicate with people. He knows how to say exactly what needs to be said, when it needs to be said, and how it needs to be said. And in a day and age where, you know, social media is all around us and there, there seems like there's a lot of noise, being an effective communicator to me is one of the most important things you can be as a leader. And that was something that came through in production meetings. I think it came through on TV. It came through in private conversations. He just he knew how to grab your attention, people's attention, and understood the kind of buttons to push. And I, so I think that's important too uh, as a motivator. And I, I got to be honest with you, Ross. Like I, I feel like there's this narrative, right? Like, oh, these are NFL guys. They don't want a guy to come in and be raw, raw. He's not. He's not a raw, raw guy. You know, I, I played. I was out there in Seattle with, with Pete Carroll. That's a little different, right? Like he's a little more up tempo, upbeat, the way they do things. You know. Urban is, is it's high energy, but it's, it's intense. I mean, it is intense. I mean, he wants everything to be competitive. He wants everything to be strained and to work for it. So um, the, the other part of that is he's an extreme competitor. I mean, we were doing a Dr. Pepper challenge, which kind of like made TV, made air. The one that I did against him didn't. And they made me throw like 10 yards behind him. But you know, I, ended up, I ended up having to come back to beat him. But you could see how distraught he was. I mean, that's just one small example of just the type of competitor he is in anything he does. Um, so the communication, the competitiveness, which I think everyone has, but I think the thing about him is he knows how to motivate people and be able to get the most out of them, which I think is, is something that's um, sometimes I think overlooked, like at the, especially at the NFL level. We, think we make it so much about scheme. And look, that's going to be a big component of this too. But there's – this league is as young as it's been. And I think there's a lot of players who are still looking for that now. Like the type of player you get in the NFL is very different now than what it was 15, 20 years ago. We've got two more on this. One, one is just, uh, you know, he gets hired. They don't have a GM yet. I know they have Trent Balky as an interim GM, but just the dynamic of the head coach being hired first, 
I have to imagine that he basically gets to decide who the GM is in some way, shape, or form, or maybe it's a joint decision, whatever. Um, any concern about him having zero NFL experience kind of biting off more than he can chew in that regard? No, because I think he's going to surround himself with really good people who he'll have to help him with a lot of that, right? Um, I would say, and this isn't a, a great comparison, but you know when John Lynch decided to join Kyle Shannon as his general manager, general, you know, granted it, it's still you know Kyle was the one that hired him, he, you know he was the one that was hired first, but you know John like knew what he didn't know, and so he brought in Adam Peters, he brought in a lot of people around him to help him, and, and I think even though Urban now is in the position of power, he'll still make sure to bring in people who will be able to help him with whatever he doesn't know or need to, to better understand. Um, I think from a roster standpoint, he's in a great position, though. I mean, one, he knows a lot of these kids who are still coming out uh, from their time in high school from recruiting them and what they were on different college rosters, right? So he, I think he'll actually have an edge in that respect, much like Matt Rule or Cliff Kingsbury, and the background they know from some of these kids, but more so with him because he recruited nationally. And, and then the other thing you have to understand is, you know, he – you know, he had to do this on a scale of, what, 85 scholarships, you know, with 100 kids on a team. Now you got about half that number to worry about. And so I, 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 just, I feel like it's a little bit overblown, the roster concerns or considerations and with the scouting side and all that, because he essentially did that as a head coach. You know, those guys have complete autonomy of their program and who they decide to offer and who they decide to come there. You know, and, and one of the funny things we're talking about is, you know, when you have the number one overall pick, I don't know if, if Trevor Lawrence likes Coach Meyer or not, but, I mean, if that was the guy he was going with, then it's like he doesn't have a choice. It's, it's a little different with, <laughs> with college recruiting. Like, you can, make a, you can make a scholarship offer. They don't have to accept it. So, uh, different, different, uh, different story in this case. So, I, I actually think he'll be a great, you know, eye for talent and understanding, you know, who they want to go get, um, you know, whether that's in the draft or free agency. And then, from, you know, and look, the business side of things, you know, that's where, you know, he's, he's got some other things, in the cooker outside of football. And so I think he's gained a better understanding too of the past two years of how the business world works. Uh, so even understanding from like that perspective for the team and the facility that they're building, um, which by the way, don't forget, it's not like you don't you go through that process as a college football head coach and expanding your facilities and understanding how to fundraise and understand how to budget and all that. You know, it, it'll be very similar for him doing the same thing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, last one on Urban Meyer, Brady. Um, I tweeted something yesterday. A lot of people giving me a lot of flack for it. They don't agree at all. I'm going to lay out my argument and get your reaction to it. What I tweeted was, if Urban Meyer can win a Super Bowl with the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think he'll have a good argument as being the greatest football coach ever. Now, I'm not saying, Brady, that he's definitely the greatest coach ever. I'm just saying that he'd have a strong argument. To my knowledge, I think he'd be the only person to win it all at three different places, meaning Florida, Ohio State, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. He'd be one of very few to win it at both the NFL and the college level. He also turned around Bowling Green in Utah. Like I get the whole Belichick six rings thing and, and all the Super Bowl, and I totally respect that, obviously. Belichick's got a great argument, great resume. Saban's got a great argument, great resume. I think maybe it's because I played for a bunch of teams. or I, I have always been more impressed 
with like a Joe Gibbs who won three Super Bowls with three different non-Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I guess I give guys more credit than other people do, evidently, if they do it at multiple places with multiple different quarterbacks as opposed to, you know, and I'm not knocking Belichick, but, you know, everything was with Brady, right? So we haven't really seen him do it with other people. Am I crazy, or do you think if he wins the Super Bowl – with the Jacksonville Jaguars, by the way, the Jacksonville Jaguars winning the Super Bowl, do you think he at least has a decent argument? For sure. No, I don't think you're crazy at all. I actually, you know, I had, I had painted out that picture to him if he would have taken the Texas job, you know, when, when he was being courted for that. And one of the things I kind of said to him was, you know, looking at that job. Now, granted, we're talking about the greatest coach, right? We're not throwing a tag in front of it. But I, I was kind of saying, you know, you'd arguably be the greatest college coach if you had won two at Florida in the SEC. By the way, different era than when he won it at Ohio State. Uh, but then you also win it in, in the Big 12 in Texas. I was like, well, who's done that before? You know, like that'd be pretty incredible to see you be able to pick up and go to three different programs in three different parts of the country and be able to turn them all around, have success everywhere you go. So I, I think that definitely stands to – with your argument that if you go to the NFL level, you know, a, a team that was an expansion team that, um, you know, has had some success, but nothing close to what we're talking about with the Super Bowl, there's no doubt. And the fact that he's never failed, like he's, he's always had, you know, he's always turned things around. He's always been successful. If that scenario played itself out, uh, yeah, I think he would have a great argument uh, for being one of the greatest coaches or maybe the greatest coach all time, just talking all levels. Um, it almost makes you wonder if you just run for president at that point and maybe maybe turn some things around and keep winning it, you know, in, in, in every realm at that point. I mean, I'm not I'm not crazy that doing it at multiple spots is more impressive than just like I like I would say the same thing about Saban if Saban went to the NFL and won a Super Bowl right. or if Belichick went to another NFL team or Belichick. Actually, you know, even if Belichick wins another Super Bowl without Brady, I I can't tell you how much that would increase my thoughts on Belichick if he wins one without Brady. I I just think well, I got to see you do about, it with some some somebody else not maybe the best quarterback of all time. Like to your point about Joe Gibbs, think about how he did at Florida. His first one he won with Leak. Like I know we like to be like, "Oh, Tim Tebow, two-time national champ." He was a backup. He was like a situational. He was basically a backup running back that came in that first that first national championship. He won with he won with Chris Lee. Then the next time around, he won with Tim Tebow, and then he won with a third string quarterback, going through Alabama by the way to get there and just dominating the Pac-12 and, and their best in Oregon, uh, and and what a Heisman Trophy winner Marcus Mariota uh, with a third string quarterback to win it, uh, and then now you're talking about doing it with a team that you know really. I mean, when's the last time the Jaguars win the playoff? I mean, it was in the, in the 90s with Mark Brunel and you know, those, those guys. I mean, you have, you have to go back a little ways. So, yeah, I, I don't think you're crazy at all. I, I think when you think about how he would have gone about doing it too, it, it's pretty remarkable. And especially turning around a team from the, the worst team in the league in, in 2020, and then you're saying somewhere in the next, you know, let's say five years. I, I haven't seen – you know, details on the deal yet. I haven't asked either, but you know, let's just assume it's a five-year deal. Um, if he was able to do that within five years, that'd be pretty remarkable. 
So here's the deal. Follow him on Twitter at Brady underscore Quinn. He does an unbelievable job with his 3G Foundation, 3G.com. I'm sure you hear him on Sirius XM NFL Radio or uh, Fox Big Saturday. Uh, he calls games. He's doing CBS Digital. He's trying to have as many jobs as I do. I don't think he's quite there yet, but he's got more. He has a <laughs> handful more than me because. He's got three little girls, it looks like. I've got two. So you've got your hands full more than I do, Brady. Yeah, no, and I appreciate uh, your patience with me this morning because, unfortunately, I had a couple of them get up a little earlier than they normally do. So uh, the, the, the daddy wake-up call was there early uh, with both the girls. So I had my hands full, so I appreciate that. Oh, it's awesome, man. Brady, thank you so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it. This was perfect. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. All right. There he is, Brady Quinn. Uh, how about that, by the way? The perfect guest on the perfect day, Bri. I mean, to have all that insight into the conversations with Urban Meyer about him telling him it was the best one to take. And, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to have a better guest to talk about Urban Meyer today than we just did. Absolutely. Anything else you wanted to add on Urban Meyer before we move on? Uh No. I think that I, I kind of said it, which is uh, the questions I asked and the, and the statement I made. And I stand by my tweet at Ross Tucker NFL. All right, then. Takes. Let's move on to the New York Jets. Uh, former Niners D coordinator, Robert Sala. Yeah, he's the new head coach with the Jets. Um I like him. I've talked to him at the Super Bowl last year. I like his intensity. I like the way that dude looks. I like like what Joe Staley and other guys have tweeted about him. So um, I'm a fan. I, I think he'll do well. And it seems like the Jets do better when they have defensive-minded coaches like Parcells, Rex Ryan, even Todd Bowles to some extent. So I like the hire. On the GM front, the Lions have hired Brad Holmes from the Rams for two third-round picks for the Rams. Uh, The Panthers have hired Scott Fitterer from Seattle. Yeah, before I forget, by the way, Bri, um, I wanted to make make a point. I should have said this earlier. Ritual multivitamins. Do you really know what's in your multivitamin? Do you? Ritual isn't your typical multivitamin. It's clean, vegan-friendly formula is made with key nutrients in forms your body can actually use. No shady extras. There's a bunch of crap sometimes that gets put in some of these multivitamins. Sugars, GMOs, synthetic fillers. You might find those. Make sure you check um, your multivitamin to make sure it doesn't have that stuff in there or just get ritual multivitamins. It's the multivitamin reimagined. It's designed with different life stages in mind, which is very cool. Makes healthy habits easy. And you deserve to know what's in your multivitamin. That, that's the bottom line in my mind. That's why Ritual is offering you guys, my listeners, 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash Tucker to start your ritual today. Look, I think a lot of people are eating healthier these days. You understand that part of it. Well, same thing goes for your multivitamin. Ritual.com slash Tucker to start your ritual today. 
Um, Brian, answer your question. So I don't know much about Brad Holmes. I don't know much about Scott Fitterer. So I can't really say much there. What I do think is interesting is that the Rams get two third-round picks because the Lions – remember the new rule, the new like Rooney rule to encourage diversity hiring? With the the Rams having a guy get promoted to a GM or head coach position, that's a minority. They get two third-round compensatory picks. Same with the 49ers because Robert Sala is a minority. So that's for both those teams, two third round picks. That's a lot. So I do think people are going to be more encouraged to hire position coaches and scouts that are minorities because they want them to grow up the pipeline and cash in on two third round picks. I think this thing might work. We can debate what, you know, I know people have different feelings on it, but I do think it will have some impact. There's also a new rule, Ross, where college players that played four years have the chance to wait until March 1st to decide whether or not to enter the NFL draft. Weird. Just weird. I I don't really get it. I don't really understand. Like, the colleges need to know before then, or they should know before then, for scholarships and stuff. Although I guess these guys don't count. But they don't have to tell them until after the combine? Are they allowed to go to the combine? Or are they allowed to do like the senior bowl and then say they're going to go back to college? I'm thoroughly confused by this one. And lastly, the Pittsburgh Steelers parting ways with their OC, Randy Fickner. Not really surprising, although it does make you wonder. They also moved on from their offensive line coach, their DB coach. Does make you wonder, makes me wonder certainly a little bit whether or not uh, Big Ben will come back. I mean, $41 million on the cap. You're going to have Fickner, a new OC. I don't know. It doesn't seem like things are lining up for, um, for Big Ben to come back. It sounds like he wants to, but I just I don't know how they're going to figure that out. That'll be interesting. Let's get into these games, Brian. Sorry, hang on a second. No worries. You can either do the big show or you can say, want to know who's going to win every game this Sunday? Then listen up. All right. The big show. All right, Ross, let's start off with the games. <laughs> How about that? Um, so we'll do this, Bri. Uh Rams, Packers, and then... The Rams are, I'm just going to say, this is presented by DraftKings, so you guys all know that. And the Packers are laying six and a half, just so you have an idea of about what the score will be. And the total is 45 and a half. You know, Dr. Chow seems to think Aaron Donald's going to be almost 100%, which I think is interesting. Um you know, with a rib block, that is key to me. Very key. I think the Rams have a pretty good formula to win this. If Ramsey and Donald can wreak havoc and if they can run the football, ultimately, though, I just don't know that Donald will be able to do that. The Packers have played 
really well this year. Hard to imagine after all that that the Packers would lose their first playoff game. I'm going to say the Packers win. I think it's a good game. I, I think it's 24-21. It just, I, look, I said this last week, Brian, I think it's a close game late, and I'm just not going to pick Jared Goff over Aaron Rodgers in a close game late. I'm not going to do it. 24-21 Packers. All right, the late game on Saturday. It's Baltimore at Buffalo. So I've gone back and forth on this one. If you look at DraftKings, just so you know, I know a lot of you on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast don't bet. That's fine. It's just an indicator of what the quote-unquote experts think, right? So they've got the Bills as a three-point favorite at DraftKings. I think this is kind of a toss-up game. You know, the Bills did not look good against the Colts, really other than Josh Allen. I I thought the Colts got the better of the action. The Ravens are on an absolute tear, absolute tear, running the football over the last six games. I don't know that Buffalo is going to be able to do a great job of slowing that down. The Ravens' defense is playing very well. I tweeted this yesterday at Ross Tucker NFL. I don't know why Greg Roman and Wink Martindale aren't getting any head coaching interviews, but – I like uh, I like the Ravens to win the football game. I think it's a good game. I think it ends up being like maybe the similar score, 23-20, 26-23, something like that. But I, I just think Baltimore is on a mission right now after how they got ousted last year. They're playing awesome, and I've got more faith in their ability to run than I do in the Bills' ability to pass. Baltimore, 23-20. Let the doggies out, Brian. Ross's Underdog of the Week. Kicking off on Sunday at 3 o'clock, 3.05 Eastern. Cleveland Browns, Kansas City Chiefs. So the Chiefs are favored by 9.5 over at DraftKings. I, I don't really understand that one, to be honest with you. I mean, the Chiefs haven't really been blowing anybody out for a long time. The Browns are playing very well. They have been playing very well. I'm just, I don't really understand why that would be the case with this game. I I just, I don't see it. I I don't see why the Chiefs are favored by that much. Look, I think the Chiefs are going to win the game, but it wouldn't shock me if the Browns won the game. The Browns have a good formula against the Chiefs with running the rock. The problem is, the the Browns defense really struggles, really struggles. So I think this ends up being something like Kansas City 31, Cleveland 24. I think Cleveland does win. I mean, does run the ball pretty effectively, does put up some points, but ultimately I just don't think they're going to be able to stop that. I mean, we saw what Big Ben did in the second half Sunday night. I think it's similar Chiefs 31, Browns 24. Fourth and final game Sunday evening, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New Orleans Saints. Same spread, by the way, as that Bills-Ravens game at DraftKings. The the Saints are favored by three. So just so you know uh, how how it sorts out. Um, I I like the Bucs. I like the Bucs to win the game. So I've got two upset specials. Obviously, those of you that 
listen to uh, the, or watch on YouTube the Even Money podcast, you probably already knew that. I think the Bucks win the game. The, the Saints have this bad habit of letting teams hang around during the playoffs for whatever reason. Tom Brady and the Bucks are playing their best football of the year. They get Devin White back. They get uh, Steve McClendon back. And I just I know that the, the numbers aren't that bad in terms of actually, you know, beating a team three times. I've seen that. I, I'll believe somebody beats Tom Brady three times in the same year when I see it. I'm going Bucks 24, Saints 20. And Tom Brady gets to yet another conference championship game. Let the doggies out, Bri. Ross's underdog of the week. That'll do it for a Finish Strong Friday, Picks Friday, Winners Friday edition of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Shout-outs to Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, SteakhouseSports.com, Vision Comics with an X. Your homework assignment is to rate and review the show this weekend while you're watching football or listen to one of the other shows that you haven't ever listened to or you haven't listened to in a while. I think you'll like it. Or you can check it out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.